Welcome, everyone, to this edition of the Not So Common Podcast. I'm Pat Contry inside Castle Contry, my ever evolving house slash studio that I'm trying to put together. How's everyone doing? It's late Thursday, January 25th, 2018. While I'm recording this, I'm feeling like I'm getting a little bit sick, but I'm trying to stave it off. I just got back from SoCal Retro Gaming Expo this past weekend. I had a blast. I was there with uh, my pal James Rolfe, Norm the Gaming Historian, Ian along with his wife Vonnie, who did a great job helping out at our booth with our new CU Podcast t-shirts. The Game Chasers were there. Uh, Andre Meadows, my pal of Black Nerd Comedy fame. It was a great time. And I think I'm now, I think, done with conventions for three or four months. I have to check my calendar. I don't think anything's coming up till at least April, if not June. So I get to relax. And like I said before, I'm trying to get the house together. The problem with this house, if you can say there's a problem, is that um, my guy who's working on it, I guess you can call him my general contractor. He's the one doing all the work. He's like a master carpenter, but he's also doing all the plumbing and he's doing the electrical work because he's more than qualified. He keeps finding little things wrong as he goes along. And he's a perfectionist. So originally he was probably supposed to be done like two weeks ago. And he keeps finding stuff that he's fixing. And it's not probably going to cost me a huge amount more to get it fixed. But it's frustrating to see him go around and be like, oh, man, look at this. This was just done awfully. This guy, ugh. This guy did not know what he was doing. And I'm just like, oh, please stop telling me these things, Rob. Please. I spent a decent amount on this house. I can't return it. This isn't like, you know, bringing back a, an old NES game, the Toys R Us. Once you bought it, you're you're pretty much done. And actually, the old NES game, you couldn't really return unless you lied and said it was broken. That was sort of final, those sales. But um, everything's coming together. It's just now I have to... I have to organize organize um, my shelves in the game room. I still don't have my computer desk fully together uh, as well. I actually got a new desktop computer, well, a new used one, that I'm going to be adding probably in order to stream, in order to also do the podcast better. Not that the laptop I have, this MSI laptop, is not weak at all, but the desktop's going to be quicker no matter what. You know, the desktop's always going to be a little bit quicker. And even if it's a slightly older video card, uh, the ones inside the laptops comparatively are toned down in terms of, you know, power. Because, you know, you don't want to blow up your laptop and be able to cook an egg on them. So, I mean, I'm I'm chugging along here. Doing the best I ever did. (laughs) Why do I keep singing that? I send that on the podcast, I think. Oh, man. So, what are we talking about today? Well, the X, F, L. <coughs> so Vince McMahon brings is bringing back the XFL to uh, 2020. He announced that he had like a 25-minute press conference today. Kind of bizarre. He had like the CG green screen, green uh, green screen. Is that a new new flavor like Ecto Cooler? Green screen background of like XFL helmets. He had real, uh, it was a conference call. He had real reporters on the line to ask him questions for 25 minutes so what do you want to know about the xfl well it it was two two seasons uh, originally 2001 2002 it was a spring league that started 
soon after when the NFL season usually ends. The Super Bowl is usually the first week of February. And it didn't do well. The first year, I believe, it was on NBC because I think they were the only major network that did not have any NFL games on. And ratings quickly plummeted. It was a it was a just a trashy spectacle. Skimpy cheerleaders. You had The Rock doing cutting promos on the field, and Vince. You had uh, pro wrestling announcers doing play by play. Jesse Ventura. Just a bizarre mix of I guess the end of the Attitude Era WWE with football, and the football on field quality wasn't the best, and that's something that Vince even admitted uh, in his press conference. Today, so through his Alpha Entertainment Company, which by all reports is across the street from WWE headquarters, so you can just like run across the street to the next building. He's investing one hundred million dollars of his own money into this league, and he's going to give it a two-year heads head start to make sure that you know it's properly done this time, not like the first time. Uh, they even d- debate whether or not they were going to change the name from something. Other than the XFL, because you know the XFL has a tarnished reputation because it failed after two years. And that second year, they really didn't even advertise that the games weren't even really on TV that second season before it was gone. No one cared. You know, wait, was it even on two seasons or was it just one? I thought it was on for two seasons. Anyway, so <laughs> I could have sworn there was a second season. Is this the Mandela effect uh, coming on? By the way, please watch if you're an X Files fan at all. The fourth episode of this uh, 11th season it was one of the best episodes I've ever seen it has all it has to do with the Mandela effect where you have a portion of people misremembering uh, an event that happened like me just misremembering a second season of the XFL actually happening but maybe it did in another dimension really funny episode all right so you're gonna have an 18 eight team uh, league of the XFL 40 man rosters 10 game 10 game season 10 game season. Then you're going to have uh, four teams out of the out of the ten uh, compete in a semifinal and then a final. So you have two rounds of playoffs only. Most importantly, here's the differences here. They're going to try to make the game quicker. Now, not in terms of speed of players because these are going to be players that couldn't make it in the NFL. These are players that are going to come from the CFL, Arena League. Uh, they're going to come from semi-pro leagues, most likely. Um, and they're going to come from co- college students that couldn't make it in the NFL. Uh, and, and maybe NFL washouts and dropouts, like maybe Johnny Manziel. Definitely Tim Tebow they're going to try to get. You know, Tim Tebow's like 30 years old, but if they got Tim Tebow and had him play quarterback, that'd be a huge get. People would at least check it out for one game. Um, and what if you had, I don't know, recently re- retired players or players that, you know, I'm thinking it's not going to be like the big the big three uh, Ice Cube basketball, basketball League because that was, from all accounts, not good basketball at all. And those are players that probably should have been playing any professional sport, uh, again, from what it sounds like. But at least with football, you know, maybe you can hide that in a, in a larger team game with 11 guys in the field. That the fact that maybe their athletic skills have sort of dropped off. But if you can't make it in the NFL, maybe you're still good enough to play you know, anywhere else in the world. I don't know if they have a lot of professional football, American football leagues throughout the world. But anyway, I'm going off on a tangent here. Okay. So they want to try to do quicker games. Two-hour game time goal. So a typical NFL game is about three hours long. And I would say that it doesn't feel that slow. Like a baseball game feels slow. 
especially if you ever go in person. A baseball game is like a pitting, pitting that never ends with overpriced food. A football game, if it's entertaining and the play, you know, there's not a lot of penalties. There's not a lot of uh, challenges and timeouts. A football game could go at a pretty good clip. There's only like a couple minutes in between uh, the four quarters in an NFL game besides the halftime, which is usually about 10 minutes. So that's one of the things that McMahon said directly. He's like, yeah, we're, we're going to get rid of halftime. Okay, well, that's going to get it rid of like 10 minutes. So you're probably going to still have a break of about one or two minutes. So really, you're cutting down like eight minutes or so. Okay, I get that part of it. All right, you're down eight minutes. But how are they going to cut out the rest? Are they going to run the clock even if you have an incomplete pass instead of stopping the clock? Is that one thing you're going to do? Just have it run like soccer? That would mean a lot less football, and I mean a lot less if that's the case. Are they going to go? Are they going to cut down from? Uh, are they going to cut down the play clock from what? what was it forty seconds in the NFL? They're going to cut it down to thirty seconds. Okay, that that might speed things up, but it won't speed up the actual time that progresses unless the clock is still going. You know, it, well, you know, actually, either way, it would do that even if the clock stopped. There's only so much you can do to speed the game up. You can't have a 20 second play clock. That would be insane. And even cutting it to 30 seconds might be bad because um, if you have a long pass for a completion of like say 50, 60 yards, then you got to run all the way down the field, all, all the 22 players. You have to reset up. You got to call your play and then go. Now, what they might do is do split the difference and do the college rule where if it's a longer play like that, the clock will stop until the first down markers are moved to the new spot, and then the, the clock will then continue forward. So that might be a nice compromise, and you can keep the play clock the same. And it prob- that probably would keep the game, I think, moving more, but I don't know. I guess you can do that. I guess you can have a shorter play clock, and as long as you move that chains, it might work. Um, stop, stop the clock when you move the chains. Either way, I think what Vince was getting at here the real way, probably the truest way that you cut down the time in football is you get rid of a lot of the penalties. And that's the scary part. That's the scary part. Uh, Vince had recently, I think over the past few months, complained about all the penalties in football, the unsportsmanlike conduct penalties and the uh, personal foul penalties for like smashing guys with bad tackles and late, late hits and you know, so, all right, you're going to get rid of those penalties. And there's only like two or three of those a game. There's not a lot. The problem is, at the same time, McMahon was saying, we're going to make this, uh, re- he kept saying reimagining football. There's only so much reimagining you can do and keep it professional American football, first of all. But he kept saying, we're going to make this a safer game. You cannot allow, like, uh, helmet-to-helmet hits and roughing the passer to occur and not call penalties and claim that's going to be a safer game. We're we're in the era of post concussion syndrome, CTE. Uh, Rob Gronkowski got demolished in the AFC Championship game. He may not even play in the Super Bowl from a from a, a bad concussion. This is the era we're in now. We're in the era of the NFL paying off you know hundreds of millions of dollars to. Uh, you know, over potential lawsuits because of CTE and people think they're, they were covering it up. Allegedly, 
so you cannot get away with a professional football league where you throw safety out the window. You just can't. So then, because what was going to happen in, is that, okay, you throw the safety out the window. All it's going to take is for one uh, crippled player uh, to file a bad lawsuit saying, oh, well, you encourage dangerous play. You don't have the rules in place like they do in the NFL. Or a few guys get a, get some bad concussions and say, we were not safeguarded. There goes There goes your league. With only a hundred million dollars in startup money, and that's not a lot for a professional sports league. That's nothing. There goes your league. There, a couple of lawsuits. It can be done and bankrupt right there. Uh, so I, you, you, so the game cannot be both safer and also be looser on the rules to allow a more violent game, which is what the XFL was trying to encourage back then. You know, like no, no, uh, no free catches, for example, the halo around the you know, kicking receiver. I, I don't see how else this can be a reimagining. A two-hour game, that could be interesting. I mean, they do want to they do want to focus probably on streaming these games. So having it be a shorter length of time would make sense. You know, want to stream it probably on Facebook, maybe Twitter, uh, whatever else they get going. Now, what's interesting, though, is that I was going to say WWE Network, but Vince McMahon is learning his lesson from the first time, and they said there's going to be no crossover with WWE talent. He's not going to be the face of the brand uh, at all. He said that. I mean, yeah, Vince realized, yeah, this is not good. People will think of, of, of wrestling and thinking that this is a fake sports league, and you can't have that. So he's going to hire, he says, good professionals to run the league and probably be the president, you know, and what have you, the commissioner. Maybe we'll get Eric Bischoff. To uh to be the commissioner, <laughs> they'll get Mick Foley. But but seriously, I think this is not the best idea. It failed the first time. There's only so much football I think Americans want to watch, and now it is an expanding sport worldwide. But it is contracting a little bit in North America. I think people are turned off by the violence of the sport, the CTE. Um, some, all the domestic violence uh, going on there. And there's a lot of, not a lot, but there's a decent amount of criminality that gets brought up with NFL players. Doesn't have the best reputation over the last 10, 12 years, especially. But what makes it more interesting is that Vince said any player with a criminal record is precluded from playing. So someone asked about Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel has a criminal record. Um so that would mean he would be out. But that would be the first name I would think of because he's not going to be playing in the Canadian Football League. And I would get Johnny Manziel back. And he's not a, that old. What is he, 26? He's not that, that old a guy. And he would be a big draw. Again, these are castaways and send-offs that I would think of be the quarterbacks of the XFL. Maybe a 45-year-old uh, uh, <laughs> Tom Brady who's going to be kicked off the team by Belichick or 41-year-old next year. Interesting. The other thing that Vince said is that um, it's going to be non-political, non-social issues. So, you're, like Aziz said on the CU podcast, you're going to stand for the anthem. He said, Vince, it's a time-honored tradition of standing for the anthem. All right, so I see what they're trying to market this towards. You know, they're trying to market towards the, uh, I don't know, I won't say it's MAGA football, but I don't know. I don't think there's that big a, amount of people that's really stopped watching the NFL because of the minority of players, the small amount that actually were protesting social injustice during the anthem. Remember, they weren't protesting the troops. 
Uh, I like that they try to conflate that, all the Russian bots and, and idiots out there to try to do that. Uh, people even even asked about if, if Donald Trump was going to endorse it. And McMahon said, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> that probably wouldn't happen. Remember, Donald Trump had a, a team in the USFL before that folded. And he's trying to get into the NFL forever, Trump. And the other owners didn't never wanted him in, which I think is hysterical. Uh, so there you have it. So he always had a, he always had some sort of a, you know, payback he wanted to get against the NFL. So think about that whenever he calls out the NFL. That yeah, guess what? The owners don't like you, uh, Donald, and people out there should realize that. Um, yeah, I don't think this is going to be a success. I don't think any network's going to sign up for this. Any major network, because currently, uh, ABC slash ESPN, NBC. Uh, CBS and Fox all have NFL games. CBS has the AFC. Uh, is it Fox has the NFC? ESPN slash the NFL has something going on. They have Monday Night Football and maybe the Saturday Night game they have every once in a while. No, excuse me, Thursday Night game. And then uh, NBC has the 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 primetime game of the week on Sunday. So they already have their professional football staked out. So they would they piss off the NFL. So the XFL is not going to be making that much money off a television deal. I don't think the USA is going to give the XFL that much money to show a second-rate football league that first time failed miserably. And so I'm not sure that's going to happen here. I don't know how much money you can make by streaming it on Facebook or or fucking Twitter Live, uh, professional football a professional football league that it was a laughing stock the first time around. So it's just a very, very strange. The whole thing is just strange. Very strange. And what does happen, though, if a player decides to kneel for the anthem um, or speak out? How do you know, How do you prevent players from exercising their freedom of speech at the, you know, when they're walking around uh, on the street? If, 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 you know, they get interviewed on ESPN at the locker room. I guess you're going to sign a contract before saying you're not allowed to say anything. But that's going to be the most boring league ever then. I, I just think it will be. Vince says, well, it's going to be all about football. But if the football's second rate to the NFL, who's going to be watching it? Are we getting burnt out by football coverage as is? I mean, right now you have football coverage nearly all year round. You have the preseason starting in August. You have training camp before that. They start covering shit in like fucking June and July. Um, you have the the Super Bowl goes until February. Then you have the draft. So you really only have, in essence, three months off from football a year of people that truly hardcore follow football. If that, but then again, people are usually following it all year round because of trade news and whatever else. And then again, people don't ever bring up college football. as It's its own league, in essence, college football. And college football is huge on TV. And that runs simultaneously, simultaneously uh, as the NFL. And even starts, I think, a little bit before and ends, it ends uh, around the first week of January. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't think there's this big market for, again, this second tier professional football league. It failed the first time for a reason. Now, that doesn't mean that the quality of on-field football won't be better than what the XFL had the first time. There were some players that made it to the NFL. Some did uh, did relatively well and played for several seasons in the NFL. But the vast majority didn't. Those spots were already taken. It, it's when the USFL 
tried its hand for a, a few seasons in the in the uh, 80s, they threw out a lot of money to players that ended up coming back to the NFL after it folded. So uh, major quarterbacks at the time, running backs. Uh, the, the XFL would have to do the same thing. The XFL would have to go out and try to go after the top college talent and give them enough money, guaranteed money, to keep them away from the NFL. And again, I don't think that there's going to be enough money going around in a startup league to do that, to compete with the contracts that you get in the NFL. I don't see it. Unless they get some big, big guys on board, some big businessmen to to form these team, to form these eight teams and put a lot of money behind it. But we're talking, they're, they're going to have to put up hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't think like spending $10 million on a sports team is going to do it because there's not, there won't be enough money to go around to pay these players and to attract the talent. The first time around the XFL, try to say, well, you're going to have to play for your money. And they gave bonuses for, you know, if you won, you know, if you won, if you got to the semifinals and the finals, you got bonuses. But they, it was pocket change compared to what you would get in the NFL. So this is just bizarre. It ain't going to work. I just don't see it happening. Johnny Manziel already tweeted out XFL 2020. Oh, Johnny. Oh, Johnny. I hope you don't have a, I hope you can, they can wipe your record by then. You know, <laughs> wait a minute. Is he, is he just drunk and driving? Did, did that domestic dispute thing? Maybe that, maybe that was thrown out. So maybe he's okay. Um, the NFL has no comment on McMahon's upstart league. Well, you know what? Maybe they'll get a San Diego XFL team because that dumb owner moved the team because he was a greedy bastard to LA. And uh, San Diego needs another sports team here. It would be the San Diego Friars or something. I don't know. It would be here. The San Diego Fish Tacos. Uh, yeah. This is this is going to be strange, but people are going to watch at least. People are going to watch the first game, maybe the first two. And then like last month, they're going to be like, okay, I had enough. This is not worth my time. This is either, if not a freak show, this is something that's going to be just not worth it. They said they're, they, they're going to try to be innovative and do interesting stuff. I mean, but the NFL is pretty innovative. The only thing they don't have is just live mic'd up players. But I don't think you would get away with that, at least on network TV, to have live mic'd up players or having, you know, cameras on the sideline right aside the coach. I mean, the NFL has been pretty innovative even lately with stuff. Besides having the, you know, the, the first down markers on the, on the, on the screen so you can see them. They, they, some of the games now you get like the Madden, above the field behind the quarterback view of the action for the game. And it's pretty fucking cool. It's It makes the game so much more fun and to watch because you can kind of see, like it's like a video game. You can see potentially the whole play area more so than the quarterback and you get a feel for the routes being run more so than watching it going left to right. And the NFL, they're, they're pretty good at getting this stuff going with the different angles. It's not like, the, it's not like Vince is going to be able to put in more money in terms of production that the the you know 100 billion dollar NFL cannot they could just if anything the NFL could just see whatever the XFL did and be like oh that's interesting and just take it and do it better because they have way way more resources and moolah in order to pull it off not the great moolah but you know moolah mean, meaning money uh, McMahon said seeing the NFL's troubles which included a second consecutive year of decline in ratings didn't have to do the time with his announcement. Yeah, that means I think people were just dud. 
Some some sports decline, some rise. The NBA is a, a very NBA every year is getting more popular and more popular because it's a star driven league. You have a lot of outspoken players. You have players that hate each other. You have feuds between guys like uh, Kyrie Irving uh, hating LeBron James and getting traded to the Celtics. You have um, Kevin Love on the Cavs and the team hating him and yelling at him because they didn't like he was sick. So you have all this drama always going on in, in the NBA. Uh, the players and refs are yelling at each other every night. You have a reason to, to tune into even like these uh, these these weird, uh, you know, middling middle of the season NBA games. So it's it's interesting what's going on with the NBA. I've been watching more NBA action. More, more I've been watching more NBA the past three years than I had since probably the nineties. So it's even got me hooked. Not that I, not that I don't watch uh, the NFL anymore. I still do, but the NBA for a reason is is. You know, the fastest growing sport in the U.S. Hockey, yeah, well, that's never caught on the way I liked it to have. So there you have it. Vince is going to try to do it. I think it's going to fail. Safer, quicker, faster. Yeah, you can't do all three of those at the same time. All right, moving on. Let me tell you about Dollar Shave Club. That's right, Dollar Shave Club. You get a great shave delivered for just $1, you can go right now to dollarshaveclub.com slash pat. You can try any razor for just $1 with free shipping, and there's no obligation. You can cancel at any time. I like the executive razor. It's a six-count-of, six-blade cartridge. So you get the razor and four six-blade cartridges a month. So that's only a dollar. It's only a dollar for the first month, and it ships free. If that's too much for you, they have the 4X, and like the name says, it's four blades and four stainless steel cartridges, or you have the Humble Twin, which I think is Ian's favorite, and that you get, it's a dual blade cartridge, and you get five of those. So again, go to dollarshaveclub.com slash patent. Check it out. They also have other stuff. They have stuff for your beard. They have those one wipe Charlies on there. They have shampoos and soaps and aftershave and anything that you'd want to use while you're in the bathroom. Or I guess you can shave if you're, you know, my grandfather used to shave in, in that weird sink with the lava soap in his garage. You can do it there too, you know. But yeah, again, <laughs> it's just a dollar and you can cancel any time and you get free shipping at dollarshaveclub.com slash pet. I want to talk about Toys R Us. A few people out there. Faithful listeners, there's a few of you of the Not So Common Podcast, <laughs> wanted me to talk about Toys R Us. Toys R Us is closing a bunch of stores, a bunch. They filed for bankruptcy in 2017, bankruptcy protection. Remember, that doesn't mean bankruptcy doesn't mean, doesn't mean you're going out of business necessarily. That's not good. It means you're protected from debtors coming after you and just gutting your company. That's what bankruptcy protection really is. People that owe your debt. Um or people you owe money to, bankruptcy says, well, okay, we, we, we're protected now. No one could, you know, got to give us time here to uh, to uh, fix this ship because, we, because we, we're, we're in trouble. And that's basically what bankruptcy protection is without without going into more detail that I probably don't know. It's probably all I know. See, sometimes I pretend to know more than I actually do. Uh, but so Toys R Us is closing a, a, a shit ton of, of stores. A shit ton. That's a scientific term. Term. Toys R Us. I think it was over 150 decided to close. And this comes on, this comes in the wake of 
Radio Shack closing. I think Radio Shack closed dozens of stores. Uh, they closed dozens of stores with, uh, last year. My local one here in San Diego closed. Very sad. I should. I, I honestly said I should have offered to buy the shirt off one of the employees' backs the last day, or stolen the Radio Shack sign off the top of the building. I should have done that. Didn't. Gonna regret it. But I'll go online and buy a Radio Shack shirt right now on eBay. All right. So Toys R Us is going to close. 20%, one-fifth of its U.S. store fleet. 180 stores, which means that they had about 1,000. Wow. In a bid to restructure the company and emerge from bankruptcy protection. All right. Now, this has to be approved by the courts, obviously, this plan of action. Uh, they're based in Wayne, New Jersey. I always forget that Toys R Us is based in New Jersey. I don't know why. I've, I've driven past the headquarters before. Uh Number of its existing locations will be co-branded as Toys R Us and Babies R Us stores. All right. So some areas have a Babies R Us. They used to have Kids R Us. Those, I think, are all gone uh, at least 10 years ago. Kids R Us used to be right next to Toys R Us. And if you were a kid like me, you dreaded if you're if – you're, in my case, my mom would take me to Kids R Us, which was a clothing store, which included babies' clothes, took us to that and skipped the Toys R Us next door. And that would happen to me, and I would cry about it. As my mom bought me jams and my husky shirts because I was fat and chubby, and cute but chubby with my with my hair, and my dimples. What was that? Where was I? All right, they are closing 180 stores. The 83 locations in Canada won't be affected for whatever reason. I guess in Canada, people still like going out to retail stores to get toys that they can get for cheaper online, and that's really the issue here, isn't it? Online sales. So when people on Twitter are saying, oh, it's a shame they're closing these stores. It's not like Toys R Us wants to close these stores. They ain't making the money they used to. You got people buying buying toys and video games online. They're buying them on Amazon. They're buying them at Target. They're buying them at Walmart and other big box stores where Toys R Us can't compete with it. They can't compete with the volume that a Toys R Us, Target, GameStop, you know, they're getting these games much much higher volume. They're paying less. They can afford to then have more sales, price them at a lower cost to the consumer. What's called the loss leader, meaning that we can get people into our stores by maybe breaking even or even losing a little bit of money on a lot of these items. Toys R Us apparently can't afford to do that, and that's so they're so they're losing out. And and plus. Nowadays, it's not like back 20 years ago, even 15 years ago, it was a lot harder to not just buy the toys and games that came out, but to figure out what was coming out, you would have to go to a Toys R Us. Think about in the late 80s, early 90s, you're buying G.I. Joes or Ninja Turtles. You had no fucking clue when the new uh, set of of G.I. Joes were going to be out or or what was coming out. You would go to the Toys R Us, and you would see on the wall, "Wow, look! It's the second second edition of Storm Shadow. Now he's a good guy. Wow, we Tunnel Rat! Look at that figure. The backpack is so huge. Oh, Ninja Turtles are now here. Oh, wow! There's Casey Jones. Nowadays, there's no reason to go out and really browse around a Toys R Us the way you used to. Of course, if you have kids, you know." It's. I guess it's. Is it still like a discovery 
of how it used to be. It used to be you walk into a Toys R Us and not so much besides like the, I guess like the little um, put together, like you know, like the mini slides and little play sets. Those I think kids could have climbed on back in the day. But Toys R Us, there wasn't a lot of toys out to play with. Obviously, famously, the Nintendo stuff and video games and the radio control cars, you had to get a ticket in order to go in the back and get them. And even like the Cabbage Patch Kids, you couldn't just grab them off the shelf. You had to buy, grab the ticket, redeem it, go to the freaking prison uh, Vegas cash exchange, you know, area in the back. And, and they would get your item off a shelf. But Toys R Us never had that extra appeal of, you know, hands-on activities. I always go back to Kids R Us excuse me, Kids R Us, Kitty City, as an example, even KB to an extent, where everything was more hands-on and it just seemed friendlier, more approachable. Not that Toys R Us wasn't total, was not bereft of, of any enjoyment. I, absolutely it was. But it always seemed like that was secondary. And now, in this day and age, with the cyber, with the cyber, I sound like Donald Trump, with the cyber, we're going to be good with the cyber, with with the internet and being able to discover information about toys and besides being able to get them cheaper online, there are less and less reasons to walk into a physical toy store more than ever. It's a shame, but that's the case. So, yeah, the Kids R Us uh, closed stores are gone. Those were a mess. And they gave me bad memories of crying most of the time going uh, into them. But uh, it's a shame. But this is just the way. This is the way of the world uh, nowadays. You can't cry for the closing of physical retail store locations, but then also at the same time indulge in your Amazon Prime membership and buy stuff online every day, and you know, and and shop on eBay and browse online for the best deal. Not saying you can't or shouldn't do that. What I'm saying is it's hypocrisy to do that and then also lament that, oh no, Toys R Us is closing. It was my favorite place. And but I'm not saying it's not sad, but you are a part of the problem, the general you. I'm not and but I'm not saying that this should not happen. This is the changing market uh, marketplace. This is capitalism. This is what happens. Major s- store companies go bankrupt, they shift. Uh, Sears is in trouble. Sears has been around since, what, the 1890s or earlier? And they're in trouble. Or early 1900s, like 1905. I don't know. But you see what I mean? A lot of these toy store chains before, Child's, you know, Child's World, Children's Palace, whatever, they're gone. They got put out of business by Toys R Us. KB Toy Stores used to be the biggest one uh, before Toys R Us blew up, when the malls blew up in the 80s. But now KB's gone. This is just how it works. Stores serve their function to the public and to the consumer. And if they can't, if they can't adapt to the marketplace, they die out. That's just how it works. Am I, it is sad. It is sad, but I can't tell you the last time I bought something at Toys R Us. The last few times I went to a Toys R Us and I looked for something, which was probably like, I don't know, trying to find a Wii U, you know, five, six years ago when it first came out or, or trying to find, I think I was trying to find maybe like a, a, a NECA figure. You know, exclusive NECA figure or something. You walk in, you don't see it, you leave. Because the people that are going there are scalpers. So blame blame the fucking scalpers. Because <laughs> my money is no good there because of the scalpers. But when you look at the stores that are closing, it is sad. I look at the, the, the New Jersey list. I look at the, let's see, the North Brunswick store. 
I look at a union store, uh, New Jersey, Paramus. Uh, these are these are stores that I have I either either visited Wayne, New Jersey, East Hanover, Elizabeth. I've been to the Elizabeth store. That's a big fucking Toys R Us. Uh, yeah, I've been to either five of these stores that are being closed in New Jersey, or I've at least driven past them multiple times. Yeah, Elizabeth, East Hanover, Paramus, Wayne. Uh, I don't think about Burlington, no. And it's sad. Bridgewater, it's sad. The watch on one is, is still uh, going to be there, though. Because these are major areas. Union, New Jersey, North Brunswick. These are on Route 22, Route 1. These are major thoroughfares. And they can't pull in business? They have thousands of people driving past every day to and from work? These are in, like, shopping complexes, a lot of these, with other shops. And they can't pull in business. It's 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 not the, the death of all of these big retail locate uh, retail locations, but it's not good. It's not a good sign as I hear a fucking dog whining outside. Jesus Christ. Um What are they? They just closed a bunch of Sam's Club stores. Sam's Club, that's like a Costco. Or like a BJ's wholesale club. They just closed a bunch of those with no warning at all to the even the employees. So even like a the, these gigantic wholesale places aren't even doing as as well as they used to. Let's see any in California that I've, I haven't. I mean, I've only been lived in California for eight years, and I really haven't been that many. Uh, let's see. There's a couple here uh, that from San Diego that yeah, I've been to either one or both of those. At least driven past them. They're closing. I'm not gonna have a Toys R Us near me. Soon, Toys R Us. I, I, that's actually kind of depressing. Now that's depressing. So if I search for Toys R Us on a map, let's see, San Diego, Toys R Us. So yeah, the the closest Toys R Us are going to be gone for me. The two closest Toys R Us are going to be gone. There's going to be there's going to be four more left. What the hell is a Toys R Us Temp Express? What the hell does that mean? I don't know what that is. What the hell? There's a Toys R Us outlet center near the border. All right, I'm gonna go there. I have no idea what that what that means. They're gonna have like old Star Wars toys from the from the 80s in there. <laughs> I don't know what that means. There's a Toys R Us outlet near the border, San Diego, the border with Mexico. What the f- what? That would be cool. You walk into there and you just see toys from like the 90s in there. I've never heard of that before. That's funny though. As an aside, they ha- they actually have like a a Goodwill outlet uh, down near the border where they actually have like auctions for like buying like pounds and you know pallets of of items at a time. Interesting. All right. So this is the good news. Okay, there's bad news here. You're clo- they're closing a lot of stores. The good news is that this means that Toys R Us can survive. They can adapt. They can maybe think of new ways. To get people to actually want to visit the stores. Interactivity. Having, you know, I don't know, maybe creation centers. Like Discovery Zone, you know, they, are they still around? Give a reason for kids to come and hang out and talk to each other and do an activity. They used to try to do stuff like that. Well, Jeff, Jeffrey the Giraffe's going to be uh, appearing at Toys R Us. Well, I think we have to do more for kids nowadays and just have some some sweaty guy in a suit run around and hug kids. Well, that didn't sound too good. But you know, see what I mean? We need a better reason to have a retail toy store to exist besides that. 
Because if they just have the same toys, video games as anywhere else online, there's really no reason for that store to exist. There isn't. There just isn't. Yeah, see, they, they are expanded. Yeah, 183 stores, uh, including those under the baby's RS nameplate, have at least one other Toys R Us store within a 15-minute drive. Yeah, there's just, just too many of them. There's just too many stores. The same way that they cut down all these GameStops. There was two GameStops that were, I don't know, a mile and a half from each other at most. Not even not even five miles. They had to close one. There was no point in having both open. Just a waste, a waste of dollars. Just a waste. So there you have it. They're going to try to reinvent the brand. They're going to try to, uh, you know... You always feel bad for the workers, of course. That's that's the, that's always it. Here's the good news, though, folks. That means you're going to have clearance sales. They're going to have clearance sales going on at your local Toys R Us. <laughs> so see if they had that old USS flag G.I. Joe aircraft carrier in the back from 1988 or 1986, 85, actually. See if they have it in the back <laughs> and get it for 20 bucks. That's, that's what was always the dream is to be able to go to, into a Toys R Us Go into the back and just find old ass shit in the back. There's gotta be, there's gotta be a, like a Toys R Us warehouse with old toys from like the 80s and 90s. There has to be, right? I mean, there's gotta be some tucked away, like a false wall you can open up and inside there you have, uh, you know, you have all the old toys there. Yeah, but you know, you can just retire on. You can find all those old, uh, old Star Wars and Thundercats and mask figures. Old, old old Barbie dolls. Old Barbie dream houses. All right, so don't cry for me, Argentina. Toys or Toys R Us will be fine. Why did I just reference that? That, uh, what? I, I had to see that in high school. Madonna starred in that. What the hell was her name? Anyway, all right. I'm going to go to the... I'm tired. It's 10 o'clock at night here. This is supposed to be a short episode. And it's 41 minutes in. Well, I hear a dog barking. You guys probably can't hear. All right, let's go to... Uh, Let's go to some Twitter questions here. I think I think uh, the XFL was probably at least one of them here, and then you probably also had questions about Toys R Us. Uh, by the way, guys, you know the CU podcast, CU podcast, but also a not so common podcast. It's available on Stitcher, Podbean, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, Google Play. So if you are if you are listening slash watching my goofy ass face in four different still shots. On YouTube, smash the subscribe button on on uh, one of your you know podcast platforms because then you can listen to the car. Or if you're working out, you can listen to me and fall off the treadmill at the same time because you can't believe how inaccurate and how full of, of myself I am. All right, let's go to the let's go to the topics here. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 Kentucky or Duke? Uh, neither. I don't care. What made you want to do podcasts in the first place? And I also love the podcast. This is from at Happy Married Gamer. Thanks so much. You know, I I did do a little bit of radio in college, and I do like hearing the sound of my own voice. <laughs> so that's why I enjoy doing podcasts. I think it's a great medium that was a loss for a while in terms of on the internet. Podcast is is a fairly new phenomenon. In terms of popularity, they've only gotten popular the past, I'd say, three or four years. When the CU podcast started off in 2012, uh, you know, 2013, 
there was there weren't that many gaming podcasts around. Not that it was so pioneering, but a lot popped up since then, and people realize that the long form conversational format can be interesting. The the flow of thought, the uh, I guess hearing non scripted a broadcaster's or entertainer's opinions on a topic, hearing a real conversation. That doesn't exist really on YouTube in that large capacity with vlogging, pre-scripted videos, highly edited videos. You don't get a more natural flow of conversation. Radio shows and podcasts provide that, and I enjoy that, and, and some of you guys do too. I mean, the CU podcast is, is it's still you know one of the one of the more popular gaming podcasts, even though we only do it twice a month and not every week. And I enjoy it. it. It's kind of relaxing too. This is from at the Dirt Wizard. How do you keep yourself motivated? What tips could you give from your life experience? How do you keep yourself motivated? Wow, am I going to be a speaker and go out on the road? I it, it comes to having goals. If you don't have goals in your life, it's hard to be motivated to accomplish anything because if you're just doing your day to day living, um. And, but you can be fine if you if you're fine with just having your job and living your life. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but if you don't have any hobby or anything you're aspiring to try to accomplish, it's hard to be motivated. As far as, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, if your motivation is just to enjoy your life and watch TV, come home and spend time with your family, that's fine. That's fine. Maybe maybe there's a motivation in doing that. I think you have to just though, have aspire though to a, a goal. You have to have a goal. That, and my goal is to entertain. My goal is to uh, make something of myself. Uh, I mean, because I, I experienced a job that I quit, and that's a question later, I think, coming up, where I was not treated well, I wasn't compensated well, I was overworked, and I wasn't appreciated. So my motivation was to get the hell away from that and to do something at least that I could be control my own destiny and to enjoy and to establish myself as you know, something, I don't know, something different. And I guess that's what this has become. So tips from my life experience. I guess the only, the, the, quick, the quickest tip I would have, and I talked about this with my with my uh, contractor, Rob, is, is that I think some people fail to grasp the idea of having short-term, medium, and long-term goals. So what do I have to accomplish this week or this month to accomplish goals that I set for three months from now or four months from now or six months from now to accomplish those goals that will help me accomplish goals of where I want to be a year from now, two years, three years, five years. And I guess I take it for granted that for me, I always thought ahead. I always thought the in the future, which I guess can be in my detriment because that makes it a little more difficult in order to enjoy the present. If you're always thinking forward, thinking about where you were and where you're going versus just enjoying the moment now. But I think you at least, though, you have to enjoy the present more so than maybe I do at times. But you also don't have to think about, okay, where's my life going to be a year from now and versus where I want it to be and how am I going to accomplish those goals? You know, like putting together the certain NES guidebook, that took a long time to plan. Then it took a long time to execute. So you had all these milestones and goalposts that you had to jump through. Goalposts to jump through? Or... (laughs) milestone markers you had to pass mixing metaphors in order to get to that spot and the same with the Super Nintendo book 
You can't just say, oh, I want the Super Nintendo book done in three months. No, you have to go backwards and say, okay, in order to get it done by this point, where do I have to start by? How do I have to plan it? What do I have to accomplish? How do I get on the schedule? And for and for what you want to accomplish in your own life, you have to do the same thing. You just have to just mark down. Maybe you'll write it down in a text file or a Google document or you, you doodle about, okay, what do I want to do for 2018? It's January. What do I want to do? What are, where do I want to be a year from now in January 2019? All right, here's my end goal. Say I want to buy a car. Okay, how do I get there? I got to save money. All right, I got to save a certain amount. Maybe I parse that out to, okay, every three months I have to have this much of the amount of the car saved in order to get it. All right, that's good enough. How do I save that money? Well, I have to cut down on, I don't know, eating out. I have to cut down on, I don't know, my cable bill, whatever else. So I got to save money. I got to start doing that now, though. I have to start doing that now to build up to my medium length goal, you know, to my long-term goal. By the way, I was trying to save for a car, but now with this new house, I really can't do that with this crappy mortgage. That that was a, that was something I had to think about and work towards. I had to work a long way towards being able to afford a house. So there you go. All right. Discussion on Angry Gamer 1987. A discussion on the Tide Pod Challenge. And what social media parents should do to help keep kids safe. Well, you got to tell your, tell your kids not to just do whatever they see on social media, not to be stupid. You know, I, I you know, you tell your kids kids don't drink bleach, don't eat a fucking Tide Pod, don't eat detergent. I I can't believe this is a thing. It's it's almost laughable that this is a thing. You had to have Rob Rob Gronkowski again. You had to have him. So I guess he's a Tide spokesman. Come out and do it. Do a a PSA, public service announcement saying, kids, don't eat Tide Pods. By the way, I didn't know Tide Pods really existed until last week. Or, or I mean, I know that you do that for the dishwasher. You have these little little pods. Is that something I should look into? Is that is that better than liquid detergent? And then someone followed up, the Tide Pod Challenge and why it's wrong for us to get in the way of natural selection. Well, if you're a 20-year-old 20, 20 eating Tide Pods and you die, well, you know, you had your shot. But if you're five or six... You know, I think we should have more sympathy for that, for children that that uh, maybe do something harmful. So, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in, into you, into that all the way. Your opinion on natural selection there. Uh, this is from at Gray Fox three nine three. Are you on or tried any specific diet slash meal plans? Thoughts or feelings on the different ones out there? I know that the uh, what's what's the the high protein diet right now. The keto is it the keto diet? Uh, yeah, I, the ketogenic diet. So that's low carb, um, high fat and high protein diet, and that's like the Atkins diet, kind of. You know, and that's and these have existed forever. These sort of diets. I mean, the Atkins diet came around in the late nineties, and uh, that's how, that's I kind of did that to lose a little bit of weight. Uh, in college, I just went you know less carbs. So, what do I think about it? I think you have to. I hate to say consult your physician and t- for a specific chemistry pl- uh, chemistry for a specific diet plan. But our bodies all have different chemistries and they process different substances differently. So some people can eat a lot of carbs and they burn through them and they're fine. Especially if you exercise. Even when I exercise, though, me eating a ton of carbs was never good for me. I always felt like garbage. So I cut out last year. I used to eat cereal every day for breakfast. And cereal is just a ton of carbs and sugar. 
You know, it's not that healthy for you, at least for me, eating freaking Wheaties or, you know, and then you're dumping tons of, of even skim milk has, a, has sugar in it, just dumping that in there. I felt like garbage. My system slowed down. So I switched to eating um, a higher protein-based breakfast. So I switched to eggs, egg whites, bacon or and or, um, you know, a turkey meat, something that had a lot of protein, had a little bit of fat in it, but not much carbs. And I lost weight. But then again, you're going to lose weight if you cut almost anything out of your diet that you're eating too much of or drinking too much of. And um, I've, I felt better uh, overall. I, I still think that, you know, I probably could for breakfast throw in some more vegetables, some good carbs and uh, and go that route and, and feel better. But I don't know. I think you have to you have to figure out what works for your body and for your diet. Obviously, if you're eating uh, too much of anything, it's bad. If you're eating too much carbs, if you're eating too much uh, fats, it's bad. Too much chocolate, which I am a victim of. People always, you know, say, "Oh, Pat, you're in decent shape." I'm like, "Yeah, well, yeah, that I'm eating too many brownies." But <laughs> man, I thought I was going to lose more weight. Over Christmas, but moving, wow, moving took a lot out of me. I think I actually lost a little bit of weight over the holiday uh, season, which was the first time ever from doing tons of, uh, li- uh, as Frank would say, lift and, lift and toting of objects and boxes and stuff. Yeah, I built up the built up the, the glutes, gluteus minimus and maximus, uh, bending over and lifting stuff for sure. Uh, let's see. This is from at Joel Hovis. Was it a hard decision to quit your day job and do YouTube full time? It was definitely a tough decision at the time in 2012 because I wasn't really partnered at the time. I was just making money off a of blip, so that was scary. I was making a decent living, enough to pay my uh, pay off my uh, condo, I make my condo payment, and to pay insurance and all that. So it was hard because it was scary. It wasn't like I was jumping into anything. I I, I I'm, I think, both fortunate and unfortunate that I am a generation where um, YouTube did not exist as a full-time job when I still had my my regular, well, really 50-hour work week job. It, did, it wasn't an option. Like, it gradually became so when I started on YouTube. It wasn't in 2008. It absolutely was not. So gradually seeing it develop, and I was always doing it as a hobby, I then had a jump off point to try to get into it. But I knew at the time it was risky and it was risky. And, and I probably should have, but you know what? I should if I did it a year, I always said if I even went a year before in like 2011, I would have been a lot bigger because I would have jumped in head first. But I was, my job burnt me out. I, I was a slacker for the first year or so after I quit my job. Remember the podcast didn't start up until about a year after I quit my job in 2013. Or remember, you may not know that. So I probably should have started a podcast sooner if I had my druthers, but I wanted to work. One of the first things I had to do though was work on a DVD. My first DVD I had to work on to get some, get some revenue. Cause I went from making a decent amount to making maybe a couple thousand a year up lip revenue, 3000 a year, something like that. Not even, not even maybe 3000. I, mean, I know sponsorships. I know brand deals, you know, back then. So it, it was scary. It was absolutely scary. So, I, so if you're going to think about doing that, you should really think hard about that. Think about, your living expenses and really plan for have a rainy day fund if so uh with that um 
Let's see. Anything else? Royal Rumble thoughts? Eh, it's going to be weird. Uh, I think the, the women's Royal Rumble is going to be a mess. Um, I think the, the men's Royal Rumble may not be that much better. If Roman Reigns wins again, I'm afraid he w- they're going to have him win for like, I don't know, fucking fourth year in a row or whatever. Um, or or f- third out of four years because Orton won last year. If that happens, I think there'll be a riot uh, there. Maybe Daniel Bryan enters and he comes out. Um, let's see what else is here. Uh, I think that's about it here for topics. I think I'm, I think I'm tired. I think I got to eat some dinner and, and take a shower because I'm dirty. <laughs> a lot of people that are upset are asking about Toys R Us. Uh, downsizing your toy collection. Yeah, well, I have to do that too besides the, the uh, gaming collection. Super Bowl. I hope the Patriots lose. I really do hope they do. That's it for this edition of the Not So Common Podcast. Thanks so much. I say shorter. It was still almost an hour. Next time I'll have a guest on to limit my rambling. Maybe I'll go back to uh, a past guest. I've been doing this Not So Common Podcast for almost a year now. It's been about nine, ten months almost. I think it's been all right. What do you guys think? Subscribe to it if you want to. I also have a Patreon. That's patreon.com slash patcountry. That can help support me and what I'm doing. And I'm going to be uh, having a, a new studio built here and trying to get that going. Not just for... Not just for uh, the podcast, mainly the CU podcast, but probably also this one too when I appear on screen every now and then, but also to do some more Twitch Twitch playing uh, as well. Wait, wait, what do you mean some more? I do it once a year right now. Well, I'll be doing it more often uh, for a certain Super Nintendo guidebook and also to have fun. So that's going to be in the works as well. That'll get going. I just have to do that. I also have to put this game room together because a photographer... Might be coming out to take a picture or two of me for something I can't talk about right now. But that'll be interesting as well. Thanks so much. Uh, if you want to hey, if you want to advertise, you know, uh, send me an email. Not so common at thepunkeffect.com. So that's what's going on. Thanks, guys. We will see you in a couple weeks. And the See You podcast next week for your nice gaming news, as always. Thanks so much for your support. Here's to a nice 2018, even though we're already a, a month into it. Wow, this this year is 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 already going by quickly. I've already been in my in my place for uh, over a month, and it, it feels like a year. So this is kind of strange. All right, guys, we will see you later. Man, I gotta stop rambling. <laughs>